Today, we're looking at the past seven days, the upcoming seven days. Joining me from Roto World, Raphael Johnson. This is Fantasy Basketball International. This is Balls Deep. Imagine with all your complexity, perfection, all your imperfection. Welcome to the Balls Deep podcast, part of the Fantasy Basketball International Podcast Network. I'm Adam King, your host, as usual, at AdamKing91 on Twitter is where you can find me. Uh, joining me usually is Zach, uh, but I thought I'd I'd go a little bit different this week. Uh, Zach, he's been busy the last few weeks, so we're probably actually going to get some different guests on, um, potentially for the rest of the season. So today we've got Raphael Johnson, uh, who was kind enough to take some time out of his evening to to join me. Raf, how are things? I'm doing well. Um, thanks for having me on. How are you doing? Uh, yeah, good. It's uh, very close to Christmas. It's Wednesday here, so we're only, what, four or five sleeps away. Um, everything's sort of dying down. Work's pretty quiet, which is, which is good. There's still plenty of basketball. To watch, uh, weather has taken a weird turn here. We were stupidly hot for about a week, and today's, as you can see, I'm in a I'm in a jumper. It's pretty cold. It's very wet. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, the weather's playing silly buggers, but that's what it does here where we live. So, yeah. um, where well, yeah, we're just going to go over some news again. It's a pretty loose uh, agenda as it is every week uh, on this show. We're just going to chat about some players and some things that are happening and. We'll start with what's current. What we can see happening behind you there is Jar Morant's return tonight uh, for the Grizzlies. It sounds like Marcus Smart is potentially back Thursday for them um, or or Saturday, and Luke Kennard is pretty close as well. So I thought we'd just get your thoughts on, I guess, Jar, the Grizzlies' rotation, just anything related to to what the Grizzlies might look like in a week because they're going to look very different to how they've looked thus far. Yeah, um, I know tonight they're pl- they've changed up his um, substitution rotation. I guess you would say. Like in, he yeah. usually would play like two long stints. They've changed up to three different stints throughout the course of the game. Um, the early thirties, like low thirties in terms of minutes, is what they have planned for Ja um, in tonight's game, his first game back. How that will carry on moving forward once he gets his legs back. I think that's one question you expected to go back to what it was in the past. Um, and also how will Marcus Smart and Luke Kennard impact that once they return? You know, it seems pretty straightforward. You look at the rotation, you've got Vince Williams starting right now. Mm-hmm. That's not going to carry on once Marcus gets back. You know, maybe they bring him off the bench for a game to get him up to speed conditioning wise, but that's probably about it. So I think you're looking at, you know, Vince Williams, you know, David Rowdy hasn't played yet tonight. Those guys probably be out of the rotation. Then it's not a major fantasy subplot, but the whole Bismack Biombo situation. You, know, you get job back. They're now, I think they have 16 players on guaranteed contracts. So they need to figure out something. 
They like Biombo from what I've heard, heard and read. So someone else going to be moving out. You know what happens? Like Jake Laravia has been moved to the G League. So that's the other thing to keep an eye on as Morant, Smart, and Kennard return. Yeah, I think looking at their rotation here, it's going to be um, Marcus Smart. As you said, it might not be the first game. It might be the second or third game back, but he will slide in. They'll probably technically, I suppose, move Desmond Bain to the small forward position, although it's basically a three-guard rotation. Mm -hmm. Um, With Jaron Jackson uh, as the fourth player, and then it's, yeah, is it Biombo? Is it Tillman? Um, Like They've got a few options there, but... To me, I think it'll be Biombo. Mm-hmm. Just like I think Tillman's a little bit undersized for a, as a true center, and they also need someone that can crash the boards because Jaron Jackson doesn't. So yeah. I think Biombo might stick there in the starting lineup. It's not doesn't mean he's going to be a fantasy must roster guy or anything like that. He he might have some streaming value, but um, so in terms of Desmond Bain, he he's obviously going to have to now share the ball a little bit more with Jar Morant, Marcus Smart coming back, Luke Kennard as well, as you said. What do you sort of see? Because I'm just bringing up his uh, his rankings now because he's been – look, he's been great to start mm-hmm. the season. Um, let me just pull these up. Okay, so Desmond Bain, where are we? I don't know if you know off the top of your head. Where, where is he? He's 29th. 29th. Oh, yeah, there he is. Okay, so 29th. Uh, almost 25 points a game, four and a half rebounds, five assists, 1.3 steals, 3.43s. Is this sort of what do you see him sticking as a sort of a top 30 player, or would you bump him down slightly? I think he can stick there. Now, the way in which he gets his points probably change a bit with Ja back out there. Um, may not have to do as much creation off the dribble, but he can certainly finish plays, catch and shoot and stuff like that. So maybe the way in which he gets his points changes slightly, but I think Desmond Bain is going to hang in that top 25, top 30 level throughout the season. Um, I was pretty high during the preseason, and I I haven't really seen anything that would change that. I think he's going to be good to go. Yeah, I agree. Um, Maybe his assists come down slightly with with Marcus Smart and and Jar there, but um, as you said, he might get some better looks and, and... Less self-creation, he'll just be – because, he. I mean, he's a knockdown shooter. So if, mm-hmm. if Jar and, and Marcus Smart are finding him in good positions, he'll get plenty of shots. Uh, so moving on from the Grizzlies – now I need to look at the names I sent you so I know who we're talking about. Uh, Wendell Carter, he's back. Uh, he's been removed from the injury report. I wish they'd remove Marcus uh, – Mark L. Fultz from the injury report, but yeah. we don't know what's going on there. Um so with him coming back, do we do we think he just he, he'll step in, he'll start, and if so, which I think he will, is it is it uh, Mo Wagner, is it Goga Badadze, who sort of falls out of the rotation here, and and how does that impact fantasy value? In the past, when Wendell was healthy, it was Goga who was out of the rotation. Yeah, uh, but the thing is, he's played so well. I don't know if you can completely move him. You know, Mo Wagner, on the other hand, has kind of tailed off recently. Um, so maybe maybe Goga gets the stick, but I don't know if either he or Wagner will get enough to be able to be like a guy that you would have to hold on to in fantasy. So, yep. yeah, it's yeah. kind of a confusing spot there, to be honest with you. Yeah, it is, but I agree. Like, I think if we look before 
the injury, it was Mo Wagner who was playing mm-hmm. mainly as that backup with with Goga out of the rotation. But he's been the better of the two players, especially over the past two weeks. So yeah. it might be a little bit matchup dependent, depending on whether they need some added rim protection or, or just some more scoring. So uh, yeah, I don't think either will be fantasy relevant in standard leagues once Wendell Carter's up and going. But Maybe there's some streaming value if you need some blocks, and, and mm. we know that um, that Badadze is going to play decent minutes. Um, another centre who I managed to pick up in one of my leagues is Nick Richards, who has been decent for the Hornets uh, the last week or two. Mark Williams is has fallen into this sort of Hornets um, <laughs> pattern of of just being doubtful every game. Yeah. Are you and? We know that they drop. Uh, they released Theo Maladon. They signed a centre. Are you concerned here at all regarding Mark Williams and and whether this absence might be it might go from days into weeks? Very much so. Um, you know, we were talking about in our Q and A earlier today whether you're an athlete or just an average person. You know, when you talk about low back trouble. That's really concerning. I think that and foot injuries for bigs are like the two concerning injuries that yeah. you really don't want to hear from a fantasy standpoint. So I'm concerned he's going to be out for an extended period. And I think if you didn't pick up Nick Richards, you go ahead and do that now because he's still going to give you – I think he's got a good run in him in terms of games played to go. So, yeah, Nick Richards for sure is the one that you should probably be picking up right now. Yeah, and I think even – even well, if and when Williams comes back, he will at some point. It's it's not going to be they're just going to roll him out for thirty two yeah. minutes a night. They're going mm-hmm. to ease him back in. And look, we saw. I mean, Bradley Beal, that that back injury lingered for the first six seven weeks of the season. So yeah. it is it's frustrating that the Hornets aren't just going to come out and say he's going to be reevaluated in two <laughs> weeks or three weeks. Mm-hmm. We know that they're just gonna, they're just going to go doubtful, 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 doubtful. But uh, yeah, look, if if Richards is available, um, I, I would go and grab him absolutely. Um, so someone, another player that's that's sort of high on the the ad list or, or the stream list is um, Pajemski from the yeah. Warriors. He's moved into the starting lineup uh, ahead of Wiggins. Uh, I picked up Wiggins last night, and now he's questionable with an illness. So that'd be right; he's going to probably not play t- tonight. Mm. So that's a waste of an ad. Um, but Pajemski has been pretty good. I mean, his production's. It's a little bit inconsistent, but that's not not to be. Oh, well, that's to be expected. Uh, but yeah. the minutes are there. Like he's playing consistent minutes. He's closing. Is he must roster? Is is that what we're thinking? And, and do you think that this is a sustainable situation that that's going to last rest of season, or is this just more of a Warriors feeling out what the rotation might look like? Yeah, I think it's more of the latter. You know, I think the Draymond Green suspension kind of made it of even greater importance to shake up that rotation, see if they can get some guys going. Um, Hold for the rest of the season. I think that's tough because I think eventually Kerr's just going to trust his veterans as he normally does. Maybe that happens when Draymond returns, whenever that is. But Wiggins has been so bad from a fantasy standpoint Mm -hmm. that I don't think you can lose – too much if you just if you just rush and grab Pajemski right now and just held on to him for the foreseeable future. Because even if he comes off the bench, I think he could still get 20, 25 minutes per game for you. I think he's at like 29 over the last two weeks. So 
I think he'll still get good minutes given how well he's played to this point. Yeah, he's at yeah twenty nine. He's he's only one hundred and fortieth, roughly one hundred and fortieth over the past two weeks. So if you look at pure number or rank, that you wouldn't say okay, he's must roster, but he's doing enough, I think, across yeah. a few different categories. Uh, eleven, bit over eleven points, six and a half rebounds, three and a half assists, one and a half steals, one and a half threes. Free throws are letting him down, so but I feel like he's a better free throw shooter than that. So mm-hmm. um, he feels almost to me like uh, someone uh, who did it. There was a comparison I heard yesterday on our show. It might have been a Roto Wire show. I can't remember. Um, just trying to compare him to someone, and, and I think it was it might have been Alex Barutha or Nick Wilde. It was one of them. They they sort of compared him to what Dante Divincenzo was doing for them last year. Um, mm-hmm. I think of him like if if I think of what he's doing this year, it reminds me a little bit of what we saw from Austin Reeves last year with the Lakers, mm-hmm. just stepping into a bigger role and, and us finding out that, hey, this guy actually can do a bit more than we thought. He's a good fit for the system. I'm not saying he's going to be as good as Austin Reeves was last <laughs> season, but mm-hmm. he's he's got that ability. He can, he can pass. He can shoot. Um, decent defender. So... Yeah, look, I think he's certainly worth adding now, and then we just wait and see what they if they. I mean, if they're winning, they're probably just going to stick with their rotation and mm-hmm. um, maybe keep Wiggins coming off the bench, and, and maybe that is what gets Wiggins going because um, yeah. he he was better in the last game, so which is why I added him. Um, who else have we got here? Oh, yes, okay. So someone else I picked up yesterday was Isaiah Jackson from the Pacers. So. Prior to yesterday, um, and Miles Turner was out yesterday, which that's not why I picked up Isaiah Jackson. That it worked out well. But prior to that, he'd been playing as the backup center. Um, yeah. He'd been, and to start the season, he was in and out of the rotation. Minutes were up and down. Uh, but if we look at the last, well, the two games before that, he was at twenty minutes a night, twenty five last night. Uh, but that was a blowout. So he potentially would have hit thirty minutes there. Um, but we know what he can do. He's an, he's an elite shot blocker, um, can hit some rebounds, very efficient from the field. Would you be adding him in standard leagues? If Turner's out, yes, I, I, I think that's a no-brainer. But if Turner's back, is there enough there? Like, Can he do enough in 20 minutes a night to be on a 12-team roster? I think he can. I'm just not sure he'll get the 20 minutes um, yeah. because Turner, you got Turner – Jalen Smith also practiced on Tuesday, so he's also yep. questionable okay. for Wednesday. So you'd like to see if he can get 20 minutes, sure, but I don't know if he can get 20. So I think he's more of like a deep league guy right now. Yep. And But you're just kind of seeking out alternatives because he may only get like 12 to 15 minutes per game. If that, then you have to move on and get someone else. Yeah, and I think and Jalen Smith, look, he was he was really good to start the season for the Pacers and was playing a lot of those backup center minutes. So I think yeah, it is a it is a bit of a question there. Um, look, he's he's basically at at least fifteen to sixteen minutes in each of the last six games. Um, it's really that Jalen Smith question of of who they decide to go with. So I've got him. I'm just going to hold him and see. I'll give him another game or two. But if if Smith comes back and Turner's healthy and, and Jackson's at 10 minutes or out of the rotation, I'll just drop him and move on, um, which I think you, you can do because he'll be floating around on waivers for, for a while. Um, 
Now, we talked about this last week. Uh, who did I have on last week? I think I had Ken Kreitz on last week. Uh, and we talked about this a little bit, but I thought we'd talk about it because the Knicks are a team you like to talk about. Um, <laughs> Isaiah Hartenstein, uh, who has probably been added everywhere now, if we're honest. I, I think most people would have picked him up. Um, after The first couple of games after Mitch Robinson went down with injury, Hartenstein was he was playing good minutes, but he wasn't really doing a lot. He's been really good the last few games. Um, yeah. Despite the addition of Taj Gibson, um, they, they're playing... Uh, Hartenstein big minutes. Uh, I was curious or, or sceptical as to whether he would hit 30 minutes, but he basically has hit 30 minutes in five of the last six games. He played 39 in the last game, although yeah. that was – oh, was that overtime? No, it wasn't overtime. No, Jericho Sims got hurt on the opening right. tip and then played three minutes. And then... Yep, yep. Yeah. So Taj Gibson can't play more than – 10 or 12 minutes. Um, I was watching bits of that game with him and he, he I don't <laughs> even know why they signed him really. But um, Hartenstein's going to be playing big minutes, I think. And, yeah. and must run. Like, what, I'm just curious, what do you think his ceiling is for the next six weeks? Uh, can he be top 80, top 120? What is he? Over the last two weeks, he's the 89th he's ranked player. Yeah, 90th, yeah. Yep. I think he can be a top 75, top 80 guy, you know. Yep. Because even if he continues to come off the bench, I don't know why they would do that if Jericho Sims were to sit with the ankle sprain. But you never know. You know, he would still be in that backup role, but he's going to be playing starters minutes. I think that's yes. established at this point. So, yeah, I think if anything, you, you're kind of hoping that the free throw percentage doesn't hurt you too much. But I think that's more – he doesn't get – I don't think he gets high, high volume in terms mm. of attempts per game. So it's not a huge deal, I don't believe. Um, yeah, over the last two weeks, they're averaging three and a half attempts per game. So it's not like he's going to be there very often. Um, the field goal percentage is good. The rebounding is good. Yeah, I think he can be a top 75 player. You know, if he can get two blocks per game as he's giving you, and he's mm. giving you almost three, three blocks and steals combined per game. Now, if he gives you that, that would be huge from a fantasy standpoint, especially in category leagues. So, yeah, I think he can be like a top 75 player. And I think that's where probably where it hinges really is those defensive categories because yeah. he's probably going to get your double-digit rebounds, 9, 10, 11 maybe. He's not going to be a big scorer, mm -hmm. 10 points. So he'll sort of be a borderline double-double every night. But if he's, as you said, if he's close to three combined steals and blocks as opposed to, to two or 1.8, then that bumps him up significantly. Yeah. Um, and over the over the last little bit, he has been at two blocks a game and, and 0.8 steals. So, um, yeah, I think it's – yeah, it'll be interesting to see because we, we saw last year when Mitch Robinson was out, they didn't really utilise Hartenstein as much as we thought they might. Um, mm -hmm. But, yeah, well, look, if Sims is out, he definitely has to play big minutes. But, yeah, um, yeah I still think he's going to be – uh, good, good for the next month. Um, while we're, I mean, we talked about Jar on the other side of the equation for tonight's game. Herb Jones um, has cooled off significantly over the last yeah. couple of weeks. He's he always has that defensive sort of upside to fall back on in terms of his overall fantasy value, but the scoring is down. 
which was to be expected with Trey Murphy there. Um, they're healthy. Uh, Alvarado is back as well. So for Herb Jones moving forward, I mean, I'd still consider him a must-roster player rest of season. I think he's going to play enough that that he has to be rostered. But do you think we've seen the best from him this season and it's whatever he was doing like two, three weeks ago, he, he won't do that again this season, barring injuries to other players, mm-hmm. of course. Yeah, I think so. Like, he's not going to shoot as poorly as he has. Like I think he's like 34% over the last two weeks. He's not going to shoot that poorly from the field throughout the rest of the season. But in that lineup where you have Zion, Ingram, and CJ all available, he has to be a proficient catch-and-shoot guy for you to get like quality offensive production from him in fantasy. And if that carries on, I think my concern would be, does he get jumped in the rotation by Trey Murphy? I think mm. that was what a lot of people assumed during the preseason and Trey got hurt. So Trey doesn't defend as well as her, but he isn't a liability on that end of the floor either. And if they come to a point where they need shooting in that spot, that's the easy solution right there. So I think that would be my concern. I think he can hold that rest of season value. Um, but yeah, like I said, my biggest concern would be if he stays in a prolonged slump and can't get out of it, that he gets jumped in a rotation probably. Yeah, I'm just looking tonight. He's um, 12 minutes. He's missed all of his shot attempts. He has one yeah. assist and one rebound. So mm-hmm. he's he is his value is going to be built on that on those defensive categories. So he isn't for everyone. If you mm-hmm. if you don't need him for steals specifically, then he's fine to drop because he's not going to score enough. He's not going to get assists or anything like that. But he should still be able to main like have he deserves a spot on a roster somewhere in a standard yeah. league um, as, as mm-hmm. a specialist. Uh, so we'll we'll see. Um, yeah, the Grizzlies aren't faring too well despite the return of Jar Morant tonight. They're down by twenty three points with two Ooh. minutes left in the yeah. in the second quarter. Um, Eight points yeah. in the second quarter. That's yeah, that's, that's how you rough. get blown out. Yeah, yep, yeah, yeah. they're shooting yeah thirty five percent. Obviously, getting Jar back in, they're, they're going to have to adjust a little bit. To mm-hmm. he's been out for a long time, so um, yeah, interesting something to watch. Uh, now, someone who I've got in a couple of teams who was, look, yesterday, yesterday I think he was better, Josh Giddy, mm-hmm. uh, one of the busts of the season, I suppose. You could, you could probably consider him. He was taken 50, 60 in most drafts, and I think he's barely a top 200, is he? 193rd uh, yeah. on the season. He had 16 and 12 yesterday with four assists and a steal. I, I guess basically this is just a general question of what what do you see his ceiling as for the rest of the season? Because the Thunder have they haven't phased him out of the rotation. He's still in the mm-hmm. rotation, but he's playing twenty what he had twenty four minutes last night, fifteen the night before, twenty nine, twenty four. So they're really they're they're more than okay playing someone yeah. like an Isaiah Joe or a Casey Wallace over him in certain situations. So do you think he's a 12-team guy and and can he get back to being top 80, top 90? I don't know if he can get that high up, you know, before the end of the season, to be honest with you. Um, because of what those guys bring to the table, you know, Wallace is a better defender. And yep. Joe is, a, you know, three-point specialist. So 
and you can play him off of SGA and get those catch and shoot looks, that makes their offense a lot more potent than it is with Giddy out there, as well as he played on Monday. That was a blowout, you know, Memphis team that hasn't been good. And he doesn't bring that perimeter shooting to the table. So I think that's your concern right there. And if he's only getting about 25, 26 minutes per game with the limited offensive skill set in terms of scoring, it's going to be difficult to get that top 80 you know, value out of him mm. by season's end, I think. Yeah, it's. It, I actually wouldn't mind. I mean, being an Aussie, and, and so I'm obviously mm. – I, I watch him closely along with all the other Australian players, but I actually wouldn't mind seeing him come off the bench. I, I think yeah. if they were to bring like an Isaiah Joe into the starting lineup or, or whoever – and let Giddy run the second unit. I think. Mm-hmm. I think from a fantasy perspective, even if he's only playing twenty-two minutes a night, I think his assists would go up. Yeah. Um, he'd be he'd be doing a little bit more scoring. So I wouldn't mind. I don't know whether they'll consider that, but mm-hmm. he hasn't been closing a lot of games. So I guess it's it's potentially on the cards that they would yeah. um, look at that, and and I wouldn't be against that at all. Um, what else did we have in here? Uh, oh, yeah. All right, let's talk. I think we've talked about this guy every week, but Kobe White, uh, looking at the other end of the spectrum of players who, who have blown up this season, uh, Kobe White was probably taken with the last pick in a lot of drafts. I, I managed to get him. I think I got him off waivers in one league. I don't know whether you have him in any of your leagues. Um, Unfortunately, no. No. <laughs> He's been... <laughs> He's been incredible. Obviously, no Zach yeah. Levine has helped. Um, mm-hmm. We don't know if Zach Levine is ever going to play for Chicago again. Uh, but over the last, where are we? The last month, he's the 17th ranked player in nine category leagues. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty incredible. 23.4 points, uh, five rebounds, almost or five and a half assists, 0.6 steals. So he's not doing a lot on the defensive end. Uh, but he's he's over 50% from the field and he's hitting 4.63s. Yeah. Now, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that that isn't sustainable. He, he's <laughs> not going to be a top 20 player rest of season. Mm-hmm. But if I, I guess it it does come down to whether Levine is back and and because that will impact him. If we if we go with Levine will be back at some point because we he hasn't been traded at the moment. What do you think White ceiling is for the rest of the season? Um because even when Levine was there, he was playing a lot better. He's he's mm-hmm. got a lot of confidence at the moment. So, top fifty, top seventy, rest of season. I think I'd lean seventy um, mm-hmm. if Levine is back, just because. Even you, you'd want to hope that he's watching this and thinking, okay, I may need to defer a bit more, <laughs> but I don't think he's going to do that. Like, there's nothing that suggests to me that Zach Levine is going to defer some of his touches. You know, to Kobe no. White. So, yeah, I think you're hoping for top 70, that he can kind of hover around there. I could see him being dropping like 85, 90 range, you know, once they get Levine back, if they're to play all those guys together as they were before, which would be really unfortunate because I think Patrick Williams has been better of late as well. Mm-hmm. So, yep. but yeah, I think Kobe White, his ceiling is going to hinge on Zach Levine and you look at his contract, it's not going to be an easy one to move via trade. So, yeah, I don't <laughs> – I'm not yeah. too uh, optimistic about Kobe ceiling with a full rotation, but if they were to make a move, I'd feel a lot better about it. 
Yeah, and I mean, you would hope that the coaching staff will will get in Levine's ear, whether he listens. Yeah. But if if you look at their record, they've won more games in the last two and a half, three weeks than they did for the mm-hmm. first six weeks of the season with Levine healthy. Yeah. So they've looked much better. Uh, yeah, they've won six of their last nine, um, which is probably about as good as you can ask for from a, a team mm-hmm. like this. So, yeah, it would make sense that that Levine would defer a little bit more, but as as you alluded to, and we've seen it <laughs> throughout his career, that that doesn't really fit um, yeah. how Levine plays. So, uh, situation to monitor certainly. Um, we'll just go with a couple more topics, and then I'll, I'll let you get out of here. Um, Nas Reed for the for the Timberwolves has been productive. Uh, we, we know what he can do. We've seen it in the past when he's had spot starts and foul issues have meant that he's played 30 minutes but he's been pretty consistent this year despite the fact that the Wolves are healthy um, they are using him off the bench as a significant piece more so than in previous seasons um, what what do you think his ceiling is for the rest of the season can, can he maintain 12 team value um, assuming they don't get any injuries I believe he can um, now you know he shot the ball well throughout his career. I think the biggest different, the biggest question mark for me is the foul line. Uh, he's like shooting like ninety three percent from the foul line. I don't think he's ever been above eighty in his career in, in the season prior. So I think that would be the one question in terms of sustaining where he is. But I don't think it would have to drop off of a cliff for him to be like a high sixties, low seventies percentage guy from the foul line yeah. for the season. So. I think he can be a top 100 player coming off the bench because he's been highly efficient in that role. He has, and he's he. I mean, he's had a couple of blow up games. He's had a 27 point game, 23 point game, but he's generally around that 15 point mark. But as you said, he's yeah. efficient. He hits threes. He gets rebounds just out mm-hmm. of. I mean, he he's not particularly big in terms of centers. He's probably a little bit undersized, but he's very. Uh, his game is based on a lot of hustle and energy, and so mm-hmm. he does get those boards. So he'll give you six, seven, eight rebounds. Um, not much on the defensive end, the occasional steal or block, but um, look, he's inside the top 100 so far, 93rd in, in nine rank, uh, nine category leagues. So, yeah, I think I, I haven't seen him on any waivers. I'm assuming he, he's probably rostered in most formats yeah. at the moment, but you might find that if he has a couple of games where he maybe gets in foul trouble or his shot just falls away um, and he only plays 18 minutes and has sort of seven points and four rebounds, he might be dropped because people are mm-hmm. going to look at him and go, okay, he, that was more of an outlier. If that happens, I'd consider adding him and just seeing um, if he can turn things around because, I mean, we know how good the Wolves have been this season. They've, yeah. They're still top of the West. I, I don't look at the standings that often yeah. I know they're near the top and I know Detroit are near the bottom. <laughs> That's all I need to know. <laughs> yeah. um, Minnesota has, they're tied with the Celtics for the best record in the NBA still. So, yeah. So, so what they're doing is working. So even mm-hmm. if, if Nasri does have a couple of down games, I still feel like they got, they're in a position to be able to give him a bit of leash and, and they'll actually yeah. still roll with him. They, they're not just going to go, Oh, well, your time's done and, and go with another mm-hmm. option. So, yeah, I like him rest of season. Um, last one we'll go with, we'll talk about is the Spurs rotation. Uh, Wemby is out tonight with ankle soreness, I think it is, or something like that. Yes, um, it is. But they've come out and said they expect him to play Thursday. So I don't think this is a 
significant thing. It's probably a, more of a rest night off because he's been relatively healthy so far. Um, so Zach Collins will start tonight. Uh, mm-hmm. He's been dropped in a lot of spots given what we've seen the last two weeks. Wemby has been starting at centre and, and Collins has been coming off the bench and not being used a lot at all. Um They've changed up their guard rotation a little bit. Um, Malachi Branham has been starting. Trey Jones hasn't been playing a lot of minutes. What is this rotation just – is it going to be sort of in flux all season? Are they just going to roll with different guys for a week? And other than Wemby, of course, he, he's he's going to be there and Devin Vassell is going to be there. But in terms of those fringe guys like Trey Jones, Jeremy Sohan, Malachi Branham, Zach Collins – do any of them stand out or stick out for you as players that should probably be rostered and could have value, or is it just a a hit and hope kind of situation? I think it's hit and hope. You know, I think there may be some schedule plays like guys you you stream on light nights. Um, I think I don't know, man. It, their rotation's an absolute mess. I think they're just mm-hmm. trying to figure out what they have with everyone on that roster. Um, you know, there are a few secure options in terms of Wemby, Vassell, and Keldon Johnson, but beyond yes. that, not much there. Um, you know, Zach Collins, as much as I'd like to, you know, maybe get back on the bandwagon, can't really do it because, you know, him coming off the bench has really killed his fancy value, I think. Um, yeah. And the one time you think you may have an opportunity to kind of start again, that, 28th and the 29th of December, it's a back-to-back in Portland. And we know his medical history. I don't know if they'd play him both games or alternate him and Wemby, you know, have one play one night and the other the next. But, yeah, the, the scheduling great. I really haven't liked what I've seen from Branham. You know, he's had his moments, but the consistency is what concerns me. And Sohan really doesn't do much scoring. I mean, you're kind of banking on assists and defensive stats from him. And – I don't know if that's a way to, to go about a, a full fantasy season. Yeah, look, it's been annoying because Zach Collins was good. To start the season, he was doing what we thought he would do coming into yeah. the season, and but obviously it wasn't leading to team success, so they've decided mm-hmm. to go a different path. And and look, honestly, I mean, Wemby has been amazing since he's moved yeah. to the starting <laughs> centre spot. He's a first-rounder, so... Mm-hmm. I don't see that situation changing. Um, I think I've streamed in Branham tonight, but just because it's a low volume, a low, yeah. it's only four games. So I think I've streamed him in. Maybe I get lucky and he gets 15 points and five assists or something, but he's not someone I view as a, a long-term piece of my rotation. So, yeah, look, it's frustrating. Detroit are very similar. Um, won't go into too much detail, but they're, they're in a similar situation yeah. where they're just trying different things. Um, which, I mean, you don't blame them. Look, they mm-hmm. they both they've won what two and four games or two and three games or something. So yeah. they need to try something. Um, mm-hmm. I talked with uh, who did I do my last show with? I don't even remember who it was, but we talked about the Pistons over under for this season, mm-hmm. given what we've seen. They're two and <laughs> twenty four or twenty five or something. And I posed the question, will they win more than nine games? So will they win double-digit games this season? Do you think there's a chance they don't hit that mark? I think there's a realistic chance that they don't. Like, I, <laughs> Obviously, the record's 9-73. I think 76ers did it back in the 70s. 
you, you like to think that a team can get some lucky bounces along the way. Like they coming yeah. up, they've got Utah the second game of a back to back. Maybe that's where they end the losing streak. And then, you know, once you get past the trade deadline, you're kind of hoping to pick off some teams that may be going through the injury management, you know, phase. Yeah. But that's a long way away. That's like we're talking about at least two months from now. And you gotta have something built up before then. And man, I I think they'll get to like 12, but it's yeah. going to be really close. Yeah, I, I sort of had them around 15, I think. Because as you said, once we get into that back third mm-hmm. of the regular season, teams will be resting. So they'll be like, they'll play, they'll beat the Lakers or something. Like there'll be a couple yeah. of victories where they beat a team that's resting everyone. Um, yeah, so I think they probably do. And look, they have looked a little bit better the last few mm-hmm. games. They haven't won, but. They've, they've looked a little bit more competitive. Yeah. Cade was really good yesterday. So, yeah, I, I think they will, but uh, it's the fact that we're even having to discuss that is a bit concerning <laughs> for Detroit yeah. because it feels like they've been rebuilding for the last mm-hmm. five, six, I don't know, however long, a long time anyway. Um, yeah, so it's worrying if you're a Detroit fan. Uh, that will do it then for today. Um, let people, before I let you go over at Roto World, you've obviously got a couple of shows that you do regularly. Um, anyone that's not tuning in, do you want to let them know what they are and where they can find them? Yeah. Um, uh, every Tuesday we do the uh, live Q&A. So it's at 4 p.m. Eastern on the Roto World YouTube channel. And then on Wednesdays, we record the Roto World basketball show, myself and Vaughn Dalzell. Uh, joined by Dan Titus of Yahoo Sports. We do that every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern. So, yeah, uh, feel free to tap in. You know, we try to talk about as much as we can regarding fantasy basketball. If you have questions, check out the Q&A on Tuesdays. We try to answer everything that comes in. Yep. And follow uh, Raf on Twitter or X, at uh, J. Uh, just quickly, Zach Collins has 12 points, five rebounds, one assist, one steal, and one block in 13 minutes tonight with no Wemby. <laughs> wow. uh, so if you yeah. did hold on to him or forgot to drop him, then you've probably lucked out tonight. Mm-hmm. Malachi Branham uh, has two points and three assists. So <laughs> he's not doing as well for me, but uh, still a bit of time to go there. Uh, that will do it then for today's show. Remember, you can check out all of our content over at fbibasketball.com. Uh, as I said, follow me on Twitter at AdamKing91. We're on YouTube, obviously. Give us a thumbs up. Subscribe to our channel. Uh, you can also find us on many podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Until next time, catch up. You just listened to another episode from the Fantasy Basketball International Podcast Network. Thanks for joining us. And for more information about joining our community, please check out our website at fbibasketball.com.